Welcome to Brain Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com, where smart happens. Hi, I'm Marcel Brain, and welcome to this week's Friday News Roundup. To start off with, I should probably mention something about the Ducan diet. There was a huge amount of traffic that came into the blogs this week because Dr. Ducan released his book in the United States this week. There was a huge publicity hit around the book, so lots of people in the United States are now thinking about the Ducan diet. As you may know, I started the Ducan diet almost exactly a year ago and was able to lose 52 pounds in about six months while on this diet, and that made a big difference in my life. If you're overweight, you can give this diet a look. You, you at least take a look at it because it has been successful for a lot of people in France and Britain and other countries around the world. So you know, we know it works, at least for some people. So in a nutshell, this is a low-carb diet. You can eat all the protein and vegetables you like, and while on the diet, you shun all carbs. The advantage of that lack of carbs in your diet is that it tends to eliminate hunger pangs and food cravings, and that tends to make weight loss a lot easier. The diet does require some discipline. You have to be able to say no to all carbohydrates, and that means that, for example, if you walk into a convenience store and you see you know, candy or candy bars or ice cream or soda or something like that, or if you're at a party and you see potato chips or slices of pizza or you know the other things you might see at a party or and this is really hard if you're in the kitchen and you have kids and you see goldfish or cheez-its or potato chips or you know whatever you're feeding your kid gummy bears you know sitting on the counter you have to be able to look at that and say i'm not going to eat those carbohydrates but the diet does have a safety valve in that anytime you get hungry or tempted, you can eat all the protein you like. And protein here is going to mean things like meats and cottage cheese and tofu and plain yogurt, things where you know there are no carbs or significant source of carbs in the food. There's no calorie counting on this diet. You basically just, if you get hungry, you eat protein or vegetables and you're good to go. So if this sounds like something you'd like to try or if you'd like more information, you can Google how the Ducan diet works and you'll find an article I've written about it. And I did a complete daily diary through the six months where I was in phase two of this diet. And you can see... You know, you can see first that it worked for me, and you can also see that I was not the very best dieter as in terms of discipline, and it still worked for me. So, the other thing that caused a huge uproar this week is the fact that the iPhone and the 3G iPad from Apple are tracking user location coordinates in a hidden file. This file is not encrypted, and it also gets copied to iTunes on your PC when the device backs itself up. An application has been developed that plots all the data on a map, and it's possible to see everywhere your phone and you, therefore, have been for the last year or so. From a novelty standpoint, the maps are pretty interesting, but lots of people don't like the privacy implications. Congress is getting involved, privacy advocates are getting involved, and so on. One funny thing about the whole episode is that this file, this 
coordinate tracking file that Apple has has been around for a long time, and other people have talked about it, but it's never exploded into the public consciousness like this. If you were one of the people who was talking about this last year and being ignored, you're probably pretty miffed at this point. Anyway, if you Google BrainStuff iPhone Uproar, you can get details. You can see the application that, that maps out the coordinates. You can see... Uh, an interview with the people who announced this thing and, and so on. It's pretty interesting. One thing that amazed me this week is something called Graphene Super Paper that came out of Australia. It's made by taking layers of graphene that are derived from graphite. And once it's formed into the paper, it's incredibly strong and light. According to the article, it has one-sixth the weight of steel, but ten times the tensile strength. If you can figure out how to make graphene in large quantities, or if somebody can figure that out, this material is going to take off and have a big effect on just about anything we manufacture in human society right now. If you Google interesting reading number 735, you can learn more about graphene super paper. Also in interesting reading 735, there's an article entitled, Five Bad Ideas Humanity is Sticking With Out of Habit. These are things that we use on a daily basis that really, you know, in in common terms, make no sense because they're incredibly inefficient or, you know, silly. The first one and the most obvious one is the QWERTY keyboard, the keyboard arrangement that's on nearly every keyboard you see in in computers and cell phones and so on. Another is the imperial measurement system that we use in the United States in defiance to nearly the rest of the entire world, which is on the metric system. One thing that they don't mention is the calendar. If you think about how ridiculous our calendar is, you know, some months have 31 days, some have 30, then there's one with 28 and sometimes 29. And it's just, that is really a silly system to use to chop up the days. Every year, the days of the week fall on different dates and you can't use any kind of calculations with the dates and so on. It's just nuts. Instead, we could have 13 28-day months in a year, and then there'd be one day left over, or in leap years, two days left over at the end of the year for some kind of big party. That's not likely to change either. It's an interesting article, though. If you Google interesting reading 735, you can see the details. Why do fake phone numbers start with 555 on things like television shows or in the movies? This question is answered in Interesting Reading 734, sort of. It turns out that no one really knows for sure where the 555 prefix started, but it's been around an incredibly long time, and it's like the whole industry just standardized on it. It seems like one of those things that built up inertia over time, and it is a courtesy of Hollywood and the TV industry to avoid prank calls to people if they were to use real phone numbers. The funny thing mentioned in the article is that there was an effort in the 1990s to make 555 numbers a reality. Had this system been implemented, there would have been 9,900 555 numbers where anywhere in the country you would have been able to dial a single seven-digit number without an area code of any kind and gotten connected to somebody. 
100 numbers were reserved for use in TV shows and movies, but the rest would have worked in this seven-digit way. Actually, it sounds like a pretty cool idea, but the problem is that the phone companies didn't really like the idea, and it hasn't been implemented uniformly. You can learn more by dialing 555-0123 or Googling interesting reading number 734. Do you get a headache when you watch a 3D movie? Apparently, about 10% of the population, or roughly 30 million people in the United States, suffer from this problem. Since many movies are now available only in 3D when they appear in theaters, what are these people who get headaches going to do? It turns out that you can now buy 2D glasses. These 2D glasses take a 3D movie and turn it into a 2D movie to eliminate headaches. The 3D glasses that you use in a movie theater use polarized filters. One lens orients the filter horizontally and the other vertically, so each eye receives a different image. The two images merge together in your brain to create the 3D effect. To create these new 2D glasses, the same filter is used in both lenses, so both eyes see the same image. No more 3D effect means no more headaches for people who get them. What an incredibly simple solution. If you Google brain stuff 2D glasses, you can get details and watch a video about a guy who actually came up with this idea and turned it into a real product. If you fall into the category of a poor college student, or if you simply are frugal and hoping to cut your food bills, then you know that ramen noodles are a cheap and readily available food source. Plus, they cook incredibly quickly. So there's an article this week called The Top 5 Ramen Hacks that shows how to turn mundane ramen noodles into gourmet fare. Here's one example. You boil the noodles normally, add a handful of frozen peas while they're cooking, and then drain. You add an egg and mix it until the egg is cooked. That idea works just as well with rice, by the way. I've actually tried it with rice, and it, it works good. And sometimes, if you buy rice in bulk, it's less expensive than ramen noodles. If you Google interesting reading number 733, you can find four more recipes for turning ramen noodles into a gourmet dish. Speaking of cooking, it seems more and more likely with each passing day that we are cooking our planet with global warming. What can we do? An article entitled 10 Crazy Ideas to Combat Climate Change That Just Might Work offers several thoughts. Some of these ideas have been around for a while, like space umbrellas and ocean seeding with iron. Others seem incredibly simple, like replacing black roofs with white roofs or increasing cloud cover by spraying an ocean mist into the sky. And then there's the idea of synthetic trees. CO2 is captured out of the air with these man-made trees, and the capture process happens with a chemical reaction. Somehow, it seems like it would be a lot easier to simply stop burning fossil fuels. But if that can't happen, and apparently it really cannot happen since it hasn't happened for decades, then these ideas offer some alternatives. See interesting reading number 732 for details. Here's a headline. Gigantic new superorganism with social intelligence is devouring the Titanic. How is it possible to not click on that headline? The basic idea is that the steel in the Titanic, which lies in near-freezing, oxygen-poor water over a mile deep, is being eaten by extremophile bacteria. They form rust sickles, 
with that steel as they process it, and they seem to have some sort of communication system to coordinate activities. The wreck is nearly a century old, and it won't be around for that much longer because eventually the bacteria will turn all of the steel into this rusty dust. If you Google interesting reading 732, you can read this article and see the research that's being done to figure out how these bacteria live and intercommunicate. Lots of people are now using smartphones, either Apple's iPhones or Android phones. How are the sales of these phones affecting the gadget ecosystem? This question is explored by an article entitled, 10 Things Killed Off by the Smartphone. Basically, what's happening is that instead of owning five or six gadgets, people simply use the equivalent functionality that they find for free in their smartphones. The victim gadgets include MP3 players, GPSs, digital cameras, and wristwatches, among others. You can see all 10 items by Googling Interesting Reading number 731. There's also an article in Interesting Reading 733 on Android's voice recognition capabilities, and that shows a completely new capability made possible by smartphones. Basically, you can take your Android phone and you can say almost anything to it and its speech recognition capabilities can understand what you say with remarkable accuracy. It's made possible by cloud computing where what you say gets sent to Google servers in the in a data center somewhere and it's analyzed there and then the results are sent back to your phone. So it's not like there's software running on your phone that's uh, doing the speech recognition. It's software in a giant server farm. The servers take advantage of millions and millions of voice samples, and that's what gives this thing its uncanny accuracy, even with people who have accents. It's like a revolution in speech recognition, and it's made possible by Google's ability to handle massive amounts of data. If you Google interesting reading number 733, you can get details. Imagine having a construction toy like Legos or Kinects, but the pieces are adult size and have adult strength. So you can build real stuff like bicycles with the pieces and then actually ride the bike that you built. That's the idea with a new construction toy that was seen this week. Even if this company doesn't do it itself, it seems like some company has to do it. Think about how cool it would be to build something like a bicycle or a real treehouse and then take it apart and build something else. It's just too good an idea. If you Google BrainStuff Erector Set, you can see images of this new prototype toy in action. And finally, there is the Fly Nano Plane idea. The name of the idea is Fly Nano. And here we have a carbon fiber airplane that is incredibly light, only about 150 pounds. And because it's so light, you do not need a license to operate it. You don't have to go get pilot lessons and learn how to operate instruments and so on. It falls into a category where you don't need a license. And it's priced at about $40,000, supposedly. It is not exactly cheap, but that's within the reach of many people. It's the price of a kind of expensive automobile. It allows one person to take to the air in style because this plane looks incredibly interesting. It has a very interesting wing design, and the wings are only about 15 feet wide. The only catch is that this plane has no landing gear. You have to use a lake to take off and land. This is what the inventor has proposed anyway, and supposedly the real thing will be on sale later this year once 
you know, the manufacturing details all get worked out. If you Google Brain Stuff Fly Nano, you can get details. That article points out that if you like the idea of cheap, license-free flying, and you don't have $40,000, and maybe you'd like to have some landing gear, you could consider a powered paraplane instead. These flying machines use a parachute-like fabric wing for lift and a small propeller for power. They can be very inexpensive at roughly $15,000. So that's it for this week. If you would like more information on any of these topics and about a 100 others, you can Google Interesting Reading number 730, number 731, 732, 733, 734, and 735. Until next time, have a great weekend. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And don't forget to check out the BrainStuff blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. You can also follow BrainStuff on Facebook or Twitter at BrainStuffHSW. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes.